So welcome to show number two for 2017. Yeah, I got to say, I'm I'm pretty surprised we were able to pull it off. My money was on not doing it this week. But we, we came back. We, we were ready. We're prepared. We, you know, you didn't move. <laughs> That's true. I didn't move between uh, between episodes. That's the big problem. But what if I want to move? That's okay. Well, just let me know this time. We'll sort it out. That's some pretty great intro music brought to you by Steve McGillicuddy and his uh, high-flying fandangos. <laughs> yeah, we, we paid big bucks for that. <laughs> yes. I think we should do it on Kazoo or something. And, you know, we'll do our own rendition. We'll make, you know what we'll do? We'll, we'll send out a, a worldwide competition and we'll have people yeah. submit from around the world. Or not. Yeah, uh, maybe we... we <laughs> Mom... <laughs> Can you still play the piano? Uh, hey, we got a new sponsor, time. John. <laughs> we do. Yeah. Oh, I'm uh, I'm Jed Rigney, and, and I'm John Sample. John Sample. Yeah. yeah. I think we said that in simultaneousness, didn't we? We did. I did. I think we did. And I think we have that on our our, our notes every week, and I never oh. never say it. I think we've said it in the in the twelve thirteen shows we've done. I think maybe once or twice, but I, we did this time at Jed Rigney at John Sample, your hosts. At no one cares dot twitter dot com. New sponsor. New sponsor. Hey, John, I've got a question for our listeners. That's right, listeners. And I put an S on there, John, because I checked the statistics and it's more than one now. Awesome. This one's for you. Do you love baseball so much that you'll listen to two random dudes talk about it on a podcast? Well, then you will also love spring training games are here. All the meaninglessness, I knew I was going to stumble that word. All the meaninglessness of an all-star game, but without the distraction of the all-stars. <laughs> Players with jersey numbers so high, they're only legal in Washington and Colorado. Sure, some people might just call these games practice, because it is. But who are these people to judge? Enjoy it now. Spring training baseball. It's pretty good, I guess. That's good. Sponsor. I, one of the things about spring training, uh, I used to live in Florida and, and went uh, when the Yankees had spring training in uh, Pompano. I used to be able to jump out there for lunch and go to games. So I'd catch three, four innings. You know, we'd pay like six bucks for bleacher seats and grab a dog and a, and a beer and, and then go back to the office. But it was cheap back then. It seems like now it's, it's an awful lot of money for people to spend to go and see practice. Well, I'm going to be honest with you, John. The last time I went to spring training, it was an all-expenses-paid trip by ESPN oh, because wow. I won their first fantasy baseball league thing. You did? I did. That's impressive. I, I have I have this evidence. This is a national, national this was thing? ESPN's 1997-98, their first year of fantasy baseball, where you actually paid to play, and there was a, a prize for each league. You got a shirt which was really, when you're talking about collecting $200 from uh, fantasy baseball players and giving them a T-shirt, that's just fantastic. <laughs> but I won the grand prize, which was an all-expense-paid trip to spring training. I went to Vero Beach um, to watch the Dodgers because that's the, the, the Dodgers were the first um, you know, spring training mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. Or I don't know. Was that, was that the prize or you got to pick where you wanted to go? 
I got to pick whichever one I wanted to go to. That's great. That was yeah. that's awesome. It's pretty impressive. No, it was it was very impressive. John, I'm still impressed by it to this day. And do you have pictures and a plaque and I got pictures, no plaque. Um but uh, I got lots of pictures, and this is uh, and and oddly enough, the guy I went with has a uh, a lot of pictures of Hideo Nomo. I was going to ask if Keith Law shook your hand, but I don't even know if he was born yet. No, Keith Keith was alive, but I think he was in college at the time. I was I was just a wee lad myself. Yeah, you were. You were probably what in your early twenties. Yeah, like late teens. Really? Wow. Yeah, you were no early twenties. Yeah, no, it was impressive. No wonder, no wonder you're so good. Yes, fantasy I, baseball. I try not to tell people who I'm playing fantasy baseball with that, that I you're going to kick their ass until after they've joined the league. Then until I after you've taken their money. Yes, two years in a row. Yes. In case you didn't know, I'm a pretty big deal. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the money. <laughs> yes, basically. Okay, so that took up a, a good three minutes. So now we can. John, get let's in. not worry about time. You know, time is a flat circle. If we've learned anything from HBO uh, what, shows, Arrival, the movie or Arrival. Well, you haven't seen any movies, have you? Did you see? Arrival I've seen yet? Arrival. Okay. And so, I've also seen The Arrival, by the way. Totally different movie, but also named Arrival. Charlie Sheen, mm-hmm. or as some people call him, Carlos Estevez, <laughs> because that's his birth name. Yeah. Um, not. I, I thought Arrival was better than The Arrival, but I didn't love Arrival. Wait, well, I, I did. I thought it was. You yeah, know, and many people did, and I just it, it was just a little bit, not quite there for me. But I did enjoy the filmmaking. Too, too circular. Yeah, or I don't know. It's just sometimes you know, like a movie is well made and well put together and well shot, like it's beautifully shot, and the sound design is fantastic, and then it just doesn't quite do it for me. And that's a case there where I would I would certainly recommend people see it though. It's it's exceptional filmmaking. Okay. Oh, I don't think it got nominated for much, did it? Uh, I think it was four or five, including director, some oh, sound okay. stuff. And, yeah, sound uh, stuff for sure. What's her name? Incredible. Was best actress nominated for best actor? <laughs> really? Or was she? No, maybe she wasn't. I don't think. I don't she think, was. think she was. It was Golden Globes. Sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, Go- Golden Globes. That that works. Okay, Gene Siskel. Let's move on. <laughs> so let's move on to the. We got our headlines for this week. Uh, Held a whole bunch of stuff. Spring training. Umpires. Tim Tebow. Uh, but let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the fact that there's real baseball. Well, I don't know, like you said in your in your uh, sponsor thing, it's not quite real baseball, but it's it's, it's realish. It's realish, right? It's not. But fake it's always news baseball. it's always fun to see who comes fit and trim, who's yeah hasn't lost weight, who's ga- like uh, uh, Noah Syndergaard comes another fifteen twenty pounds of bulk on him, so he's looking yeah. more gorgeous than ever. Bigger story there, though, was the Matt Harvey, uh, Stephen Matt's, uh, uh, Jacob deGrom, uh, Noah Syndergaard hair combo that was going on. Uh, All all the internet was a flutter for at least temporarily. It's quite a spectacle. They look like a 70s rock band. (laughs) Really? uh, Matt's has the long hair, too? Was it Matt's? I I get Matt's and deGrom mixed up, mainly because I don't really care. (laughs) But yeah, no, I watched some games this weekend. It's, it was, it's nice to tune in and watch fly yeah, balls it and it and was nice to watch. And... I, I watched uh, two or three different games for like five, ten minutes each, and in every single, it was three games. Every single game, there was a player with a number in the nineties up, and all three of them were left-handers, and all three of them scorched one down the third base line squibblers. 
the base hits. So it's like, oh, that's a base hit. It's like, yeah, he's a little bit late getting around on, you know, against the uh, the double A pitcher. Well, what's the saying that the the pitchers have the advantage? Yes, until, to start the season, and yeah. then the hitters yep. Slowly. catch up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's well, ninety-five mile an hour fastball? I guess it takes a little while to to catch up. Yeah, to yeah. catch up but and the, with it, movement. Yeah. So, uh, so you do you watch? Do you intend to watch, or is it just kind of flipping channels? And I'm I'm more of like a, I'll put it on and then do something else while, mm-hmm. and then I'll have it on with the audio either off or very low. And then I just you know it's it's just nice background. I can work on a writing thing or an editing thing or whatever. Yeah, and it's, just have it becomes it white noise when it's yeah. especially when it's spring training. Yeah, and it also gives you an it's opportunity awesome. uh, because MLB Network covers so many of the different games that uh, you get to hear the other announcers from the different ball clubs. Which I oh, I don't care be. about that at all. So, you know, I don't care about that at all. The homers. What, what's you don't more, like listening to homers. I don't like listening to homers. I uh, <laughs> like the the MLB uh, whatever the the game pass or whatever, mm-hmm. man, mm-hmm. no thanks. I've done that before. And I I'd rather up... listen to it in Spanish, my friend, <laughs> me amigo. I, I've, I've listened. I, I've had the package a couple times in the past and I wind up watching, you know, for the first, that's month. what she said. <laughs> I find, wind up watching for the first month and then I, I lose momentum. Uh, and the first, I think the first two weeks, they do said. a promotion for free. That's right. And that's what she said. Yes. <laughs> They do that for free at first, and then you got to pay for it. Yeah, I mean, you know, I like having the package during the regular season. That's okay. what she said. I was waiting for you to drop it. That's what she said. Anyway, um, okay. I like I like it, but I, again, during the spring training, it's just, I don't know. It's cool. to I mean, you know, you can see young players, and I was watching the Dodgers play, and their two young hitters, uh, Cody Bellinger and Alex Verdugo, both hit home runs in the same inning. That was kind of neat to watch. Both of them were... <laughs> were cranking as hard as they could against the guy that will probably not be pitching in the majors ever in his life. But Yeah, and this is the season of softball scores, too. You see yeah. a lot of double-digit scores in yeah. games, and seven-inning games or six-inning games or games that end in, at nine innings at 4-4. Four, four. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's how it should be. You don't want to risk hurting anyone. No, or, you know, usually, get everyone their work. It is practice, end, you, after all, as our yeah. sponsor earlier mentioned. Right. <laughs> So let's let's move on. Speaking of uh, uh, sponsor uh, or not even sponsors, but I was kind of thinking ahead. But you know, the comment about they do get paid for it; they get paid to practice. So yes, you know, and some of them do they though? I think it's unclear. The the players don't they? Yeah, play? they they get paid. Don't I they? don't know if they actually get paid to practice. Hmm. I think they're protected uh, for injury, but I don't think that. I don't know that they actually get paid to practice. So they don't start collecting paychecks until the season starts? I, I believe that's the way it is. And for all of you listeners who are savvy to this sort of thing, why are you savvy? And Tony Clark, if you're listening, give us a ring. Yes, Tony Clark. <laughs> Switch hitting first baseman for the Tigers and others. Now the union chief. Okay, so let's, speaking of overpaid players. Well, wait a minute. We're, yeah, and Tony Clark. <laughs> He's embroiled in this whole thing, too. Yes, he is. Go ahead. I'll let you set it up. Well, I was going to talk uh, a little bit about the uh, the Levine versus Batances uh, throwdown. Yes. Is, are we on the same Tony Clark was not pleased. No. Because not. he's the union chief. Right. So, But he said that they're moving on. Of course. And everybody's happy. To. But uh, why don't you... And everyone knows Levine is a dope. 
all the Yankees brass and up, right? Why why the why this guy decides to run his mouth? Like, look, Betances shouldn't have put in for as much money as he put in in arbitration. Okay, for those of you who don't know about arbitration in baseball, one the team says we think you're worth three million, the player says I think I'm worth five. The arbitrator doesn't find a middle ground, he picks one of the two, which I think is a silly system. Anyway, so if the player puts too high an amount, they just go with the lower team amount. The team amount is always lower than the player amount. And most of the time, it just gets settled before the actual arbitration hearing. But in this case, the Yankees won because Batances or his agent asked for too much money. But then Levine decided to run his mouth about how bad, but how bad, badly represented Batances was and how they were asking for way too much money. And and it's like, you're just making your player that is, he's going to be a free agent. He's going to have a choice and he will want to leave you maybe unless you give more money, in which case he'll be fine. Right. And, you know, squabbling over three, you know, $3 million is a lot of money. I think $3 million is a lot of money. Yeah, it is to me. I don't think I've made $3 million in my lifetime. And he's squabbling, squabbling over... Well, not to say that, you know, it's a pretty big difference. Three to five yeah. million is pretty significant. But, but there have are a good certain season. standards that are set by previous people that have come right. before. And just come on. Both well, sides I, are I in did, the wrong. I, but, but I did love the quote from Levine, the over-the-top demands based on very little sense of reality. Isn't that like a majority of baseball players? <laughs> <laughs> And, and a lot and of owners. These, the, the owner thing, <laughs> the bigger deal to me is that the owners are the ones to blame most of the time for the runaway salaries. And now that there's more money in the game, they don't really care. But they're the ones who keep paying. The Yankees were always yeah. blamed for, you know, pushing the market beyond what it was valued. But, you know, as long as they're willing to pay, what you know, it's what the market will bear. And if the market is making tons of money and they're willing to pay you know, players that sick amount of money. I just can't imagine what it's going to be like 10 years from now. Right. It's just going to keep going up. Like, look at the NBA. What happened to the NBA, right? Yeah, it just, that blew up. Like, And the people are getting like 20 million a year to yeah, be like a 26, bench player. 26, 27 million for these players Crazy. that are, before that were making six and seven. Crazy. But there's so much money and it has yeah. to go to players and, you know, good for them. And you have people like uh, Steph Curry, who's making what fourteen million, and the cap <laughs> is twenty-seven six, something like that. Well, he's just got to wait his turn. Got to wait his turn. Get his payday. Stay, stay okay, uninjured. He'll be fine. What else? We got uh, four umpires retiring. That's right, John. I put this on the list to is, discuss is today. A, is, is that a record? I, you know, I don't know, but I, I wanted to specifically not mention their names because no one cares. One of the biggest problems with umpires is that they think that they're important, that they can't just be replaced. They only become important when they have such a huge impact on a uh, specific play, player. Um, yeah, when they're uh, bad. World Series game. So there's uh, the Deckinger yes, the Levon Hernandez in, game. Yeah the, yeah, the Deckinger game back in, was it the, the uh, Cardinals and Royals? The Royals wind up winning. Yep. Uh, the World Series as a result of a horrible call. I think that was Deckinger on that one. And then one of the retirees blew a perfect game with a bad call. Oh, the Annabelle Sanchez uh, game? Uh, yes. That one? Uh, or no, Galarraga. Oh, right. Andres Galarraga. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Though maybe more notoriety for the, the almost perfect game. Mm-hmm. 
Anyway. So we're going to we're going to miss them. Two of them that are retiring were, you know, on the DL with bad knees. So, you know, <laughs> they they must have been working kind of hard in the offseason And all four that. had concussion symptoms. <laughs> From foul balls off the head. <laughs> From foul balls off the head, exactly. I wonder, there should be a study on that. Are umpires susceptible to uh, concussion syndrome? Well, they're certainly uh, showing the symptoms. <laughs> okay, uh, speaking of showing symptoms, uh, how about your boy Tim Tebow? Let's talk some football. Let's talk some <laughs> football, baseball, combo. Deion Sanders, Bo Jackson, Tim Tebow? Maybe not. Most people think he's a terrible baseball player and this is all a publicity stunt for everybody involved. And why not? Well, it's interesting that, uh, you know, someone like of, of his uh, caliber, which is, you know, uh, development league at best, you know, rookie league right. at best. And he's having a press conference on his first day in camp. Right. I mean, he is a celebrity, so it it's worthwhile in a way. And like, it's not like he's taking somebody's spot, I guess. But, was, the, um, was the NFL network covering it? I don't know. I yeah, don't I haven't really. I mean, I. He's a polarizing I think a, guy, right? Like a lot of people don't like him because of his uh, his faith stuff, mm-hmm. which is just stupid. Because who cares? He was a great football player at Florida that was not a great, great quarterback yeah, just, in the NFL, except yeah, for that one game. Yeah, against the Steelers. Against the Steelers, man, which I loved. Fantastic. Suck it, Steelers. So, so he, he, he really put up big numbers in the Arizona Fall League. Uh, he slashed 194, 296, 242 in 19 games. Oof. which is So 62 at-bats, he struck out 20 times. Hey, I, I, just, I just made this sound. <laughs> That's all I have to say. That's my I, I think commentary. I'm going to capture that sound bite. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll use that as a wah-wah. <laughs> uh, uh, who else is there? Who else is in the NFL that wants to play baseball? Yeah, there is somebody else, isn't there? Uh, Sanders uh, Cummings, which yes, I, I either that or Cummings Sanders. I don't. <laughs> yeah, is he? Uh, uh, I, I know nothing about him. So he's a former Chiefs player, and he signed with the Braves. They actually signed him as to a minor league deal. He might have a chance, but here's the thing: I, I you know, these football concussions. I'd be kind of worried if I was a football player, like especially if you're like in a position where you're going to be hitting other people, you know, like every position on the field in football, baseball, there's no contact. I mean, yeah, there's every now and there's a, you know, line drive to the head or a a fastball in the ribs, but man, that uh, chronic therapeutic cephalocitis and whatever CTE, carnage in them, telephone engineer, (laughs) CTE, like whatever that is like, I may have some myself, as it turns out. <laughs> Sounds um, like. <laughs> you know, the Will, the Will Smith slaps. movie, man. Concussion, man. Slaps. Yeah. Um, Face plants. Yeah. So, like, it seems dangerous. So switch to baseball if you can. And is that is that the, one of the reasons why he's this? Uh, I have exploring? no idea. I've done no research on this. Okay. So you just saw an interesting headline that we could tie in with Tim, Tim Tebow? Yeah, basically. And I liked his name, Sanders Cummings. So he could do a, a podcast called Sanders Cummings and Goings. Exactly. Or he could just do it Cummings and Goings. Right. That would be good. Oh, my gosh. If there was a guy named Goings, oh, there's got to be a guy named Goings. Goings. Or Go- Goings. Goings. G-O-I-N-S. Oh, my Ryan gosh. Goings. 
So Cummins and Goins could have. Like, oh my gosh! We, we got. We John, gotta stop the record out. on this. <laughs> stop Let's the call record. Him. We got to call ESPN right now. We should get him on our show. He <laughs> shouldn't be that hard to get. We've decided you guys are a new radio show called Cummings, Cummings and Goins. And Goins. <laughs> That's got to happen. It's got to happen in a perfect world, John. But not in we'll, Trump's we'll, America. We'll see what we can do. Moving along. So uh, another story that you had here is Joe Buck's uh, boyfriend, Kyle Schwarber, uh, is going to be leading off Look, for the Cubs this year. I am a heavy set gentleman, and I love having a heavy set dude leading off games. So what, what mean, do you think the rationale is there? Is it on base percentage? On base? It's just yeah. on base percentage. I mean, Wade Boggs wasn't that fast. I mean, it's sort of fast, but he's not. But like it's on base percentage, that's what you want. You want to get someone on base so that when Rizzo and Bryant and whomever else come up, have someone to knock in. So the the standard logic or or not logic, but the standard uh, 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 strategy, right? That's the word. That's a word in the English language, right? Mm-hmm. Is mm-hmm. you put the fastest guy first. This is Dusty Baker, like one hundred and one here. You put the fastest guy first, and then he gets on, and then he can score faster. Which has some truth, but if it doesn't, if he doesn't get on base enough, then it doesn't matter how fast he is. Right. Anyway, I love it. I'm I'm all in on the big guys leading off as long as the on base percentage is high. Yep. Yeah, and yeah, and you know, he came back after not playing the entire year and hit a double in his first at bat in the World Series. So, yeah, a heck of a bat. story. Yeah, great. Story. I wish I wish uh, Joe Buck hadn't been humping on his leg the whole time, but <laughs> heck of a yeah. story. Yeah. Did you did we ever talk about? I guess we didn't because we didn't talk during the the off season or, or during the playoffs when uh, somebody because of Joe Buck's fawning all over him during the World Series that someone actually created a wedding registry for <laughs> Joe Buck and Kyle Schwarber. It was hysterical. I mean, they they actually uh, went through and filled it up with I, I'm not kidding hundreds of things <laughs> that you would have at a wedding for a wedding registry. It was hysterical. Very well done. Fantastic. So Kyle Schwarber leading off. Uh, the Cubs are going to win 125 games this year. And I mean, it's a fun spring training story, right? Like, it is. who knows it how is. long that'll last, or even if it'll come to fruition. But like, this well, is one of the cool things about spring training is and Joe Madden's always. Been and that's story. all about the you know that we're digging deep into stats and we're breaking yeah. away from old school mentality. And you know, and so I was reading something. Um, Yesterday, in regards to the uh, the whole uh, the de- the defensive switches that they've been doing and the shifts that they've been doing, and that it's now getting to the point where they feel that during this season it's going to it's going to no longer be effective, right? And they're going to switch back, you know, to you know traditional baseball because people are starting to. It's taken several years, but they're starting to game game the defense and say, okay, if you're going to do that, we're going to do this. So players who have traditionally hit the other or, or pulled the ball are starting to learn to hit the other way, and they're starting to see this statistically where it's not uh, always smart for them to be doing the shift. So that'll be an interesting thing to follow if you're a stat geek. Yeah, I mean they're always trying to like figure out the next wave, right? So it's like pitch framing a couple of years ago was similar with the shifting, where they were like, oh, right. let's see if we can get a catcher who is able to you know deke the umpire a little bit more than. The other catcher and like that had this you know sudden incredible value in the league and then people started figuring out well oh well then we'll just teach catchers to deke the mm-hmm. umpire so then the the difference between the best and the worst has squashed down a bit so it's not yeah. so valuable as it was 
but it still is something it's amazing where the game has come and you know stat geeks love it yeah. sabermetricians love it uh, fantasy players who have extended stats love it and uh the players are probably you know you've got certain players who in the past would have been making big bucks that are sitting on the sidelines now because all they can do is hit home run right yeah, there was a very weird, weird turn this this offseason where all of a sudden and I would even say to the point where they were then undervalued too much, mm-hmm. where all these, you know, guys like uh, Encarnacion and Trumbo and like could were having trouble finding a team to give them a market rate contract. And they all settled for less than what everyone thought they would get. But if if the market adjusts to a thing, sometimes they can adjust too far. You know, and I think that's what's happened with the shifts. I think the mm-hmm. shifts have gone too far. There's too many shifts. Right. And then it's like, oh, okay, well, if you're going to go stand over there, then I'll just bunt it down the third base line, and then right. I have a, I'm on base for free. Yeah, and it becomes a little bit uh, too cute and not, you know, traditional baseball. Yeah. There's always, I mean, sa- real sabermetricians always value traditional baseball and how the, the unchartable things is what makes it so fun to try to chart it. But it's also become such a great tool for the financiers of the game because they can use these statistics as comps against other players and say, yeah. well, you, may, you might be good here, but you're <laughs> not really good here. And, and they're starting to value pitch framing you know, like something that wasn't even thought of 10 years ago. Right. It's now being, you know, certain catchers are, are making more money as a result of their ability to, to enhance their pitcher statistics. Right. Or losing money on their inability to right hands. to do the same. Like right. Derek Norris is sort of notoriously one of those guys, just not very good at making the pitcher look good. So, and there's a there's a fantasy baseball strategy for those fantasy baseball listeners is you can see what catchers like you you pick your pitcher based on how good they are. Yes, but look at their defense. Like all the Cubs pitchers last year's last year were were very good and worth having on your team partly because they were very good, but also because the defense was so good. And then the pitch framing by the catchers was so good. Mm-hmm. And so if you have a pitch, if you're choosing between a pitcher, between two pitchers, and one of them is on a team with a good defense and a good pitch framer, that's a more valuable pitcher because right. his, his overall statistics, while aren't, they aren't necessarily his responsibility, and that's mm-hmm. some of the more advanced statistics, you know, the fielding independent statistics, they, they still, the results are still good. And in fantasy, you're looking at results, not necessarily underlying metrics. So Sure. And even ballparks come into play, too. When certain pitchers Absolutely. move to different ballparks or hitters move to different ballparks, it makes a difference. Yeah. I mean, the difference between Coors Field and the athletics uh, toxic dump, you know, where you have that huge, huge outfield, big walls, big foul territory in, right. in Oakland. That helps nobody. <laughs> It's great for pitchers. It's bad for hitters. Right. You know, and then you go to Colorado and it's just, you know, all that thin air and, and, and whatnot. Or the band box is like citizens and yeah. Yankee stadium, you know, where it's just a softball practice. Yeah. Yeah. What else we got? We got, uh, one more thing in our headlines, which is, uh, MLB pushing really hard on Facebook to try to be relevant in the social social media age. Uh, they want to have uh, one game a week streamed on Facebook, which is smart. See, I love this. Here's the thing. And this is where the NFL fell down. The NFL tried to stream on Twitter. No one's going to stream on Twitter. Yeah. What are you, stupid? Twitter is a nightmare zone. 
Like Twitter's where you go to yell. You don't go to stream a football game. No. Facebook, there's yelling, but not like Twitter. And someone will actually sit down and watch a video on Facebook. And and you could yell while you're watching the video. That's the whole thing. And you can't do that on Twitter. Right. It gets no, in the way. <laughs> well, and it's it's it, there. there's a realization that the generation that they want to reach is kids. And kids don't watch TV anymore. Yeah. And, there, you know, I think, you know, I read an article today or, or yesterday. I don't know. Well, they're talking about, you know, baseball has this age problem, right? And I don't know if I 100% agree with it, except that, of course, you have to agree with it if, you're, if your audience is older. You'd have to be concerned about younger. But it, it could just be that, that people just get interested in baseball when they're older. You know, like the mm-hmm. pace of baseball works better for you when you're 45 than it does when you're 25, whereas basketball is much more interesting to a 25-year-old than a, a 45 year old, in my opinion. I don't know. Got to check the metrics. Mm-hmm. Got to check the uh, saber right. metrics on the, uh, on the uh, attendance. On the age. On the age. On the, on the age yeah. of, baseball's making a gazillion I dollars. That, uh, I don't think baseball they should be too worried about it. And not fast paced. Like, I mean, football, I think, is, is leisurely too. Well, I think football is in more trouble of a declining market than baseball is, mainly because its, it's ratings are plummeting. Mm-hmm. And I think baseball is in a better position, you know, like there's, there's no like politicizing yet there. There's no concussion stuff there. It's, it's just kind of chill. And, and, you know, in the way the world is now where it's, everyone is the, the worst or the best, like, have you ever seen someone write an article that's just like, Hey, this pretty interesting thing happened. No, it's the best thing to ever happen right, or the worst right. thing. This is, this guy is the worst. And then you, you say that you got like 38 different people are the worst. Well, hello, worst means the worst. Right. So how can they all be the worst? Oh, it's just like the thing with the news, breaking news. Every bit of art, piece of news that comes down the pike is not breaking news. Exactly. You know, just because it, it's new news or new information doesn't mean it's, it's like it's breaking. It's just yeah. news. That's yeah, the, it, breaking. You're, they've redundantized the word breaking news. It's yeah. just news. Right. It's that's what we're that's what your job is to tell us what's going on. But breaking news would be, you know, has always been something significant. Right. Where you're breaking into another program right. where you're, hey, like this is look out. This is of, of well, severe importance. See, Kellyanne see, Conway put her feet on the couch in the Oval that's Office breaking news. while she was taking pictures. <laughs> Twitter went insane over this. Great. Good use of time, everyone. Right. It, please ignore the starving people in your community. Sorry. <laughs> what okay. were we talking about? Not, well, we were talking about Facebook. Let's move on to the next we, thing. So the next thing we got uh, for in honor of the Oscars, we're going to do our starting nine where you're, I'm sure you're going to drop some great names on me for players that connect with Oscar winners. Look, this one was almost too easy, John. Okay. There's so many great actors. And I don't know why I just chose actors, because I could have done directors or cinematographers or sound engineers, famous, world-famous sound engineers. We could have done a whole thing on that. I decided to go with actors because generally they need the ego stroke more than the other people do. Well, except for the writers. Anyway, first up, Addison Russell, Kurt Russell. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily an Oscar-level actor, but come on. The guy does great work. Also, Addison Russell does great work. Maybe not a superstar yet, but he does great work. Solid defense, good bat. I like him. Adam Duvall, 
Robert Duvall. Huh? That was easy. Easy one. For Viola Davis, or as I like to call her, Voila Davis. <laughs> because apparently I'm dyslexic. We got Chris Davis. And we got Chris Davis. And there's probably other couple other Davises, though, mm-hmm. not necessarily either of the Chris's with a C or the K. Okay, who's next? All right, so and then uh, next up we have Nelson Cruz, Tom Cruz. Easy. Nelson Cruz, very underrated fantasy baseball player. I think uh, he had that one bad year like three years ago, and everyone remembers it. That's a good player. Also, Tom Cruise, fantastic filmmaker. Oh, I thought you were going to say he was a fantastic ball player. I was like, wow. You know what? Maybe I don't I think he is. <laughs> I don't think he is. He runs. Man can run. Next up, Freddie Freeman. Of course, Morgan Freeman. Hi, I'm Morgan Freeman. I remember Freddie Freeman back when he was in the Atlanta Braves minor league system. That's pretty good. That was all right. Yeah. Yeah. The one I did earlier wasn't so great, but anyway. That was much better. Thank you. Thank you. I was, I was going to shift into like this Sean Connery thing and cover up for it, but let's go on to the next one. Pedro Strope, Meryl Streep. <laughs> okay. Two mediocre performers. Two, you know what, sir? I'll have you know Pedro Strope is a fantastic player. Okay. And, of course, Meryl Streep's pretty good, too. Yeah. Um, For Adam Eaton, I have uh, Jonah Hill because he's always (laughs) Eaton. No? That's good. I like that one. It might be my favorite one of all time. (laughs) For Scarlett Johansson, I've got Johan Santana. That's good. It's almost there, right? And mm-hmm. then Daniel Norris for MF and Chuck Norris. <laughs> he hasn't won any go. Oscars, but I think we all know why that is. Because everyone's afraid that uh, <laughs> he's going to kick their ass. Just no, because he's not that good. But he's fantastic. I love he him. He does a mean infomercial for workout equipment. Look, everyone loves Chuck Norris. Okay? That's why I put him on the list. Okay, good for Chuck. What else we got? We got uh, last week we did the uh, AL West. So this week we're going to do the NL West uh, projections from Fangraph and kind of see where they all. Right. So Fangraphs has the Dodgers with 91 wins, Giants with 87, Rockies with 75, Diamondbacks with 69. Nice. Padres, 68. You know what? I used to have this joke uh, when I was younger. I'd say like, Hey, let's do 68 instead, and I'll owe you one. <laughs> the girls lined up around the block for that kind of classy <laughs> humor. Uh, anyway, back to these projections and my, not my uh, limited uh, uh, high school social life. Um, yeah, I mean, the Dodgers are clearly the best team in, in the division. I would be I would be surprised if they only got 91 wins. I mean, I guess a lot of it depends on how the pitching staff holds up, but mm-hmm. that's a pretty good pitching staff right there. Yeah, that doesn't the look Kershaw. like a very competitive division. Giants will yeah. be the Giants, but it looks like a two-team race there. Yeah, I mean, the I, I, you know, I just, I don't love what the Giants are putting out on the field this year. It feels like everything's just a year older. Mm-hmm. And that's, it's just not really that good, you know? Like, usually you want it to get a, a little younger. And I don't feel like they did that. But, you know, they're limited with their budget. And I understand it's not like, you know, the Dodgers can just go out and get whatever they want. But 
I mean, they got some some holes too, but, I'm but not... they have the Bochi effect that they can always lean on. Yeah, he'll he'll always squeeze out an extra couple wins. Mm-hmm. Um, the Rockies. Some people think Rockies. <laughs> I'm excited about this. The Rockies. Some people think have a shot at the wild card. You know, if a few things go the right mm-hmm. way, but I just don't think that they're set up right for. Yeah, they have five they, they're going to score a ton of runs as, yeah. as usual, but they're also, you know, they're they've always been hurt by their pitching not being able to deliver. So yeah, fair enough. And then there's the Padres, who are one of the worst teams in baseball. Oh no, we skipped the Diamondbacks, who are one almost of the worst one of the worst teams. teams. In baseball. Here's the thing. Here's the thing about the Diamondbacks, though. Right? They have a pretty good outfield and a pretty good infield. And no pitching, except for Taiwan Walker and, I don't know, what else do they have? Nothing Granky. that great, right? Cranky. Cranky. Like, I love Cranky, but I don't know why he chose to go to that team. I mean, whatever, a few dollars money. more. But, but yeah, you think it's just a few dollars, man? Anyway. Um, less pressure. Less pressure. That's probably a little bit of it, too. But here's the thing. Let's say the Diamondbacks start off and they're 15 games out after a month and a half, two months. They have some awesome players to trade where they could do like what the White Sox did this offseason. They got Hazen, right? Isn't that the name? Hazen was with the Red Sox and he's the general manager now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like this guy's not going to be afraid to trade off AJ Pollock. And I don't know about Goldschmidt, but can you imagine trading Goldschmidt and Pollock, even if it's at the end of the year, Granke? Like you could dump all these contracts and just super load up have a top five farm system and be just ready to rock and roll in the coming years. Cause I don't think they have right now enough to be spending all their money on Granky and Goldschmidt. And- right. Well, they, they rolled the dice with two uh, poor uh, <laughs> managers, upper GM <laughs> yes. and president. Uh, they yes. just kind of screwed the pooch on that. Yeah. The Larusa Stewart thing was just, my favorite thing Stewart said last week was that he just feels like he wasn't given an opportunity to fulfill <laughs> what his vision. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he'll be able to fulfill Thus it spoke the arsonist. He's, he's, yeah, I think he's an agent again, right? So he's back to the agent. He's an agent. Thing. Yes. Yes. Okay, so that completes the baseball portion of our broadcast. Now we move into our our take on extra innings, uh, look at what's going outside on outside the baseball world. Yeah, and there's uh, a lot this week. There's a lot, yes, there was. And yeah, I was I'm, surprised. There's tons. There's probably even more than what you have on here. Well, yeah, but, you know, who cares about that stuff? I just wrote the, the good stuff down. This is, yeah, this is the, you the absolute you best add? of the best. Politics notwithstanding. Oh, no, I'm just saying that, okay. you know, it's... We've, yeah, no, we, I agree. There's other things that happen besides these things we're going to take off. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm just saying that it was a busy week. Yeah, it was. And, and because we made the distinction last week that we're not going to add politics, yes. we are eliminating probably two or 300 that would very easily make the list. Right. And the reason and you why already we mentioned one of them, them Kelly and Conway, is because you know, that, was, that was an offhand remark, and I apologize. That was that was okay. Of, but oh, that, you felt that wasn't that was one of the extra innings items. I, I, you know, it's one of those things. It's like, really, do we care? I don't care. We care, John, because it matters. Okay, <laughs> okay. Obama would have never put his feet on the couch. Well, he got ripped for putting his feet up on his desk. I know. That's the thing. Is like, come on, guys. Yeah. It's, Settle it's, down. It's, Let's talk about the Daytona 500. There which, you go. I'm telling you. Look, as you know, John, and 
some people may not know, probably don't know. I used to write for NASCAR. I didn't and, know that. Oh yeah, I uh, I used to write for NASCAR. I did not enjoy the sport that much, but I will say the people were very interesting and hanging out in the pit crews and stuff like that was always very interesting. But I'm gonna tell you one thing that the people who love NASCAR love more than beer and shotguns and their cousins and pickup trucks. Accidents. Accidents, man. And if you sit in a crowd at a, at a NASCAR race, the only thing the fans are looking for are crashes. That's mm-hmm. the only thing. That's what they get up for. They don't care about the racing technique and the, oh, look, he's taking the high side and he's drafting. Right. And like, no <laughs> one cares. They just care about the crashes. And Daytona 500 did not disappoint. Practically a demolition derby. Fantastic spectacle. Everyone got what they wanted and somebody won. So let's let's move. The other thing I was going to say is this when you were saying that the people show up for the accidents, the only the only time, you know, people went to the only reason why people went to watch Evil Knievel when he used to jump cars and fountains and and gorges was they don't want to see him do it. Yeah, they want to see him, you know, you know, raggedy Ann all the way down the the ramp. That's what they want. (laughs) There's a five percent chance he's going to miss that landing. <laughs> so okay, let's move on. Uh, next up, we've got Adrian Peterson and Jamal Charles, two big names uh, available for your team to pick up, whoever your team may be. Yes, and this is what's interesting about this, right? Is both of these guys are a little bit over the hill, right? Peterson mm-hmm. and, and Charles, like two. I mean, Peterson's probably a Hall of Famer. Charles might be, I don't know. It's hard to tell with the NFL. Baseball is easier to figure out than the NFL. Um, really solid guys. I think a little injuries for both, right? Mm-hmm. They could go onto a team. You could throw onto the Patriots or the the Broncos, a team that's close, you know. They could ride in for that uh, Super Bowl run. Interesting stuff. You don't yeah. usually see that. You don't usually see two good players. But Big I think that the running back position is 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 it's a six year window. By the time they hit late twenties, they're pretty much done. You know, so they got to, you know, you see that decline. It's just the yeah. punishment that they these guys get. So it'll well, it's be, the uh, Terrell Davis thing, right? Like right. Mm-hmm. for five or six oh, yeah. years, one Marshawn of the best Lynch. running backs. Marshawn, Marshawn Lynch, Lynch went yeah. from being the best uh, to in one season started getting injuries, and just yeah. uh, I give him a lot of credit for hanging up. Just like yeah, it's not you know if I can't. And he got he got so bad at the end that uh, Pete Carroll needed to pass. Yeah, at the one yard line in the Super Bowl. Yeah, that was a a disaster. (laughs) Disaster. Uh, That was a nice stroll down memory lane for Patriots fans. Yeah, Patriot fans. The beset upon Patriots fans who had to suffer all these years. Seven Super Bowls, eight Super Bowls, (laughs) and and what? 13 years, that's it's, hard. It's been hell of a run. Yes, it has. Okay, should we uh, talk about the Oscars a little bit? Let's talk the about the Oscars, right? Of the the so Oscar legend. obviously, the spectacular snafu. Though I wouldn't say necessarily snafu, because snafu is situation normal. Right. And th- I've never seen anything like this, where they gave the award to someone, and then they were like, everyone's on stage, and it's the only one where everyone comes on stage. Right. It wasn't like they gave it to the the wrong, you know, music supervisor. Best song. I'm like, oops, no, it's Oops, Barbara Streisand. Sorry. Sorry, Lin-Manuel Barenda or whatever. I don't know what his name is. 
Um, Miranda, no. Yeah, you got it. Lin Manuel Miranda. Okay, good. Yeah, and uh, but yeah, everyone's up there, and then it's like, oh no, we didn't win. Uh, Moonlight won. <laughs> and I thought uh, different reactions, you know, to that was like, oh, it's so bad that Moonlight had their moment stolen from them. I'm like, well, what about the guys from La La Land having the rug ripped right out from under them? It's brutal. Yeah, that was the definitely uh, joy of agony or the joy of victory, the agony of defeat moment right there. I mean, the thing about it, too, is like all the social justice warriors uh, sharpening their knives, right? They were already they already had their pre-written piece about how La La Land winning meant white supremacy was real. And they clicked publish on their medium page, their medium blog or their Tumblr and then two minutes later, no, it was Moonlight. I have right. to unpublish my thing. And then I have to be angry at something else other than the white supremacy ratified by the La La Land winning. Because who cares who thinks what movies are better than other movies? So now you have the hashtag Oscars are so black. Going <laughs> yes. <around. laughs> Any other Oscar commentary? Did you like Halle Berry's hair? You know, I didn't. Uh, I didn't pay particular attention to it. Uh, I didn't pay particular attention to much of the Oscars uh, this year. Again, as we mentioned last week, or as I mentioned last week, and, and you heard, thus making a we. Um, I wasn't really familiar with a lot of the movies right. this year due to my personal uh, distractions in the world. I had no idea, so I didn't watch this year, which is normally I at least have it on. Oh, you didn't watch the the awards at all? Yeah, no, I just sort of was uh saw the stuff on social media the uh the fallout afterwards and stuff so yeah i was uh i don't even know what i was doing i think i may have just been like hanging out i don't know watch a movie or something but not a movie that's been nominated for an academy award this year but let's move on to something more important something that everybody's talking about and needs to be talking about and you know it's it's probably the, the yes. most important thing we'll talk about today yes that's for is, sure is uh, rapper fat joe losing 100 pounds Yes. Okay. Here's the thing. This is what's known as a paradox. If Fat Joe loses 100 pounds, you can't call him fat. No. He's just so Joe. Skinny Joe? Nope, because he's not skinny. Right? It's just mm -hmm. like Joe. So he's going to be normal Joe? Medium Joe? Medium Joe. <laughs> Extra medium? I don't know. It's like, what does he do now? Like... It's that's his whole that's his whole brand. You can't ruin your brand. Like the suicide rapper, girls, you can't just not right. be suicide-ish and, and be like, oh look, no, no, it's just girls now. So he's now going to be the rapper formerly known as Fat Joe. Yeah, maybe he can be Hungry yeah. Joe, <laughs> or not so Fat Joe. <laughs> yeah, Hungry Joe, I like that. Starving Joe. Starving Joe. <laughs> Hold on. Let's put this on pause. Stop the record. Let's get ESPN and Fat Joe together or Medium Hungry Joe along with comings and goings. All right. What else? Could we got? be fun. Anything else? Uh, last. We got one more left. And this is another one of those things that uh, it can only happen in Hollywood. Uh, magician Daryl Easton. Apparently there's some news around him and I'll let you kind of. Oh, right. OK, that one. Yeah, so uh, he was he was found dead in a closet at Hollywood's Magic Castle. Was it a, a trick gone wrong? Was he sawed in half, John? Is that what you're asking? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Did he die in the water torture tank, or was he 
Uh, you know, honestly, I don't. I don't know. I don't know how he died. I there are certain things that happen in the in the universe where I just like to let them like exist as they are. Like when a magician dies at the magic castle and is somehow in the closet. I assume he was put there or he was hiding in the closet and died. But if I know the answers, it takes away some of the forgive the use of the word magic of the experience. <laughs> like I don't want to see the you, I don't want to see behind the curtain, John, right, of what's just, going on in the universe. I just want to enjoy the show. You don't know you don't want to know how the trick was done. Exactly. Like uh, my wife like when we watch a we'll watch a magic thing like a David Blaine thing or something like that and she'll be on the internet afterwards. How did David Blaine da 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 da, da right? right? And what do I do? Frogs. I just look up what happened in baseball that day. Yeah, like I don't the, care. You enjoy the magic. I enjoy the magic and then I just go, "All right. Well, he did it. It's a trick." Hooray for him. He's not actually shooting flames out of his butt. There's some other trick going on. Good for him. Well, maybe that's how he died. <laughs> Daryl Easton and his flaming butthole. <laughs> this not, weekend only at the Magic Castle. We're doing. We're not doing him any justice. Some people are bowing their heads at this moment over the loss of Daryl Easton, and we're making fun of his flaming I, butthole. I <laughs> well, that's about it for this week. To end the show, John. <laughs> <laughs> good night and good luck, Daryl Easton. Godspeed, Daryl Easton.